Hey everyone, it's Dorinda Wilson. Welcome to my podcast. You might know me already, but if you don't, I am married to Mr. Daryl. I don't actually call him that. I just think it sounds kind of cute and he is kind of cute and, and we've been married for over 28 years. We have eight kids, ages 12 to 26. We have four grandkids and we've been homeschooling over 20 years. Oh my goodness. So here I am in our fourth podcast episode. I'm super excited about this one. This is just, the Lord is so faithful to just keep bringing me things to bring to you and things to encourage me so I can encourage you. But first, before we get into today's topic, I want to remind you to leave a review, a comment, or a rating at iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you're listening from. I would just really appreciate it if you do that. Um, also, if you would share with friends, I'd love to see the podcast grow and have more moms be encouraged. Also, if you want to connect with me, you can connect with me at DorindaWilson.com. That's my blog. And Instagram, I'm Dorinda Lee Wilson. And Facebook, just Dorinda Wilson. So I would love to connect with you there. I post lots of encouragement in both of those places as well. I have a very special announcement today. I've been asked to speak at Books and Beyond in um, near the Orlando, Florida area. It's a Books and Beyond homeschool mid-year conference for encouragement. And I will be going there to talk with you more about being more unhurried in our homeschooling days and learning to enjoy this journey that we have with our kids. So if you can make it down there for that, I would love to meet you. It's in um, just a little bit north of Orlando. So um, that will be January 26th and 27th. I would love to see you there. So um, see if you can mark that on your calendar and try to be there. So today I want to talk to you a little bit actually a lot, <laughs> about how we homeschool. Now, can I just say, before I get into this, I want you all to remember, oops, I just dropped my book. <laughs> I want you to remember that homeschooling looks different for everyone. And the way that we did our homeschooling is not the end all, it's not the answer for everyone, and it's not the way that everyone should homeschool. The point of sharing what I'm gonna share is just to, to give an example of what it can look like. And hopefully, you'll find some encouragement there to really be seeking the Lord for what He has for your family. I will say, I loved our simplified version of homeschooling. I guess starting out, um, I had read a couple of books before I ever had kids, and they were books written by Raymond and Dorothy Moore, who were highly educated educators, who happened to homeschool their own kids. And they had very, very good reasons for that, and they share so much of it in these books. Um, Better Late Than Early was the name of one of them. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Um, School Can Wait, I think that was another one. So anything by Raymond and Dorothy Moore is just, I thought it was awesome. And they had so much um, research behind um, their claims and the things that they talked about regarding 
being more unhurried in our homeschooling, keeping our homeschooling more simple and the, and the reason behind that. But um, today I want to share with you kind of, uh, that was sort of my springboard. And as we launched into the homeschool years, I was determined to keep things simple. Um, first of all, because I just, I'm not one of those people who can take a load of information. You know, some people are really good at that. They take in tons of information and then they can organize it in their minds. I can't do that. So for me, it was really just seeking the Lord and asking him, what do you want? And he kept things very simple for me because he knows I'm simple minded. But what we did in the early years, um, I waited for the kids uh, the, my kids were as old as seven or eight before I taught them to read. Um, I started working with them usually when only one of the following scenarios occurred, that they showed interest by actually telling me um, that they wanted to learn to read, or I asked them if they were interested and they said yes, or I saw them trying to read on their own. And I used uh, 100 easy lessons to teach your child to read, which is divided into short lessons that teach children how to read phonetically. Many people have used that book over the years. Um, it works for a lot of people. I, there are some people it doesn't work for, but it worked for all of our kids. And so that was, um, that was a good choice for our family. So as they started to learn to read, I would add in a, a writing book that would taught them how to teach them how to write their letters as well as a beginner math book um, as long as they weren't seeming like they were overwhelmed. Um, that way they could start writing their numbers and in many cases all these workbooks I just picked up at Costco or Walmart. Now mind you back when I started you know we didn't have a lot of options for curriculum and the options we had tended to be a little bit too spendy for us um, and our budget but I want to say um, Costco, Walmart, those were great places to get those beginner books. There was nothing wrong with them at all. I would, I would do that again, even with all the other choices out there. But what I do want to say is this, I want to stop and I know that many of you are on budgets. You are on a, you know, a family on one income. We were a family of 10 on one income for a long, long time. We pretty much still are. Um, and I want you to know that your kids are not going to be shortchanged because you're on a tight budget. In fact, the opposite is true. You can end up with a richer, more full education because you're not bombarding yourself and your kids with all this information, all these books and all these textbooks. You can keep things more streamlined and simple because that's what you can afford. And I can tell you right now, God will provide everything you need. You never, never need to feel bad about being on a budget in your homeschooling. Don't strap yourself down um, and put yourself in a financial hardship in order to buy, you know, massive amounts of curriculum and that sort of thing. Pray and ask the Lord to provide. Um, I remember one time I wasn't, I knew we couldn't afford anything. And, you know, at the time there were no used homeschool bookstores or anything like that. And um, so I just prayed. I said, Lord, would you just bring along what you want for these kids this year? And I happened upon a set of books at a yard sale and they were perfect for that school year. And I was just so grateful. It was so faith building to see the Lord provide. He cares about your family. He cares about your kids. We don't have to fight for all of this stuff. We can just lay our needs before the Lord and ask him to provide what we need and then be watching for his answers. 
So um, back to what we did when they were little. We did these little workbooks. Um, a lot of kids their age were studiously pouring over lots and lots of workbooks and, um, you know, in kindergarten and first grade, grade, and mine were usually playing outside, drawing, painting, doing puzzles, playing with Play-Doh, building blanket forts, playing with Legos, baking with me, and helping with their younger siblings. We had a very simple daily routine that we stuck to, which included, you know, chores like personal hygiene and making their beds and unloading the dishwasher, picking up toys, include your kids in the keeping of the house. Um, I've noticed a lot of homeschool moms com just complaining and just frustrated and I totally get it. I like my house in order, but I can't do a full-time teaching quote unquote, trying to pattern the public school and keep a neat house. It, it doesn't work. I, I feel too uh, stretched too thin. So make part of your homeschooling days chores where the kids are helping to keep the house in order. You would not believe the character issues that come up with those simple chores that need to be done every day. So don't avoid them and don't think that um, that's not part of your education. You are giving them a fuller, bigger education by having them do chores and having those kinds of responsibilities because that's life, right? We are preparing our kids to be adults and part of being an adult is taking care of your space. So, um, you know, our life was not without boundaries because kids need boundaries. And um, we got up at pretty much the same time every morning. We had consistent meal times and bedtimes. And every afternoon when lunch was over, the kids had a quiet time. The little ones napped while the older ones read or looked at books. Now, can I just say this sounds way more peaceful than it actually was. There was always one little stinker, at least, that was trying to get up when they weren't supposed to or keeping the other one from being quiet. So again, you're gonna have those character issues come to the surface, but hopefully some of the time, it'll at least give you uh, some downtime for you as a mom to hit that pause button and sort of refresh, uh, maybe get some things uh, done that you weren't able to get done earlier in the day. Um, I just used that time as wisely as I could, as long as the children were cooperative. <laughs> so having a routine is extremely important. Um, I've noticed that a lot of um, a lot of moms don't have a routine, and and it makes that the kids feel insecure, especially when they're younger. But even when they're older, all of my kids have really appreciated a routine and we've noticed that our household is so much more peaceful when we're keeping um, a simple routine every day. So um, we we spent time, you know, while, while we're doing these things and working alongside of each other, um, you know, our kids were learning to follow directions. They were learning how to treat others. Um, we went, we didn't go a lot of places other than the grocery store, the library and church, but at those young ages, that's okay. We don't have to be getting them out and socializing. If it's fun and it works out and you're able to do it, that's great. Or have friends over, fellowship with other moms, get together at the park, that's wonderful. But it's not a have to. If it starts to drain you, maybe you need to rethink it. So the development of a child's mind, body, and spirit best happens in a secure, loving environment. When their foundational development is properly in place, their education occurs more readily. So what I'm saying here is as you're doing these, this simple routine and this simple schoolwork every day, you're laying a foundation 
for higher learning. And, and I know it seems like that flies in the face of what, you know, early childhood development uh, people are telling you, but I'm, I'm telling you the the science is out there to let your kids slowly go into the years where they're doing more schoolwork. Let it be gradual. Let it be a process. Um, and like I said, all of those other things you're doing, those are laying a foundation for higher learning, doing chores, following directions, all that hands-on stuff is absolutely crucial for um, them to be able to grasp higher learning as they uh, get further down the road. So um, in the elementary years, once our kids were reading and writing and knew their numbers, I started them in math and language workbooks as well as penmanship. And they would do a lesson every day. They knew the routine. They knew what they were supposed to do because it was the same every day. I checked their work with them sitting by me. And when I was pretty sure they grasped the concept or had done all that they could that day, because, um, you know, sometimes they're not grasping a concept and you don't need to try to drive it home and get it into them that day. If it's not happening, it's okay. You can We can go over it with them, see if it clicks, and um, just kind of use our good judgment from then on whether we we continue to pursue it or not. But then they were free to play for a while before lunch. Of course, if they dawdled with their schoolwork, they stayed until they were finished. Um, then slowly our kids' workbooks grew more difficult and started taking more time. But by that time, the kids were generally ready for an additional workload. So basically, kindergarten through junior high or high school, we did the basics, math, reading, writing. Then um, when they got into junior high, and they did history and science sort of as things were interesting to them. They tinkered with things. They, I kept good books available that they could look at. I had them look at books when they, you know, sat down for their quiet time. So it was just very natural. Um, and they would just kind of pursue things that were interesting to them. And I never hovered over them while they were doing their workbooks or their self-directed projects. Um, I was available for questions to ooh and awe over what marvelous things they had done or discovered. Um, and that seemed to be what they needed the most. What I was doing was encouraging a love of learning. And it was an unhurried approach. And it gave them time to work through problems on their own to um, kind of figure out how they learned best. And um, they learned so much in those, in those times by themselves and working on projects together that they had decided they wanted to work on. So by the time they re reached about third grade, um, I added reading to the list of things they needed to do and writing a brief summary of what they had read. And that was great because um, it, it made them process what they had read. And then we went through and we would edit their writing. You know, at first you just want them to be able to get their thoughts out on paper. So we're not too highly critical, but then we moved into, okay, where do we need a comma, a capital, a period? And I would just sort of feel our way through that. And, and of course, the more they read, the more they saw what, what good punctuation and all of that um, looked like and sentence structure, grammar and all of that. So I didn't really require any formal learning in history or science until junior high or high school. Um, and uh, if you go in and read my book, The Unhurried Homeschooler, I make some suggestions there and explain a little bit more in detail what we did during um, the high school years. But today I want to move um, into, because we're already, uh, we're about 15 minutes into this, and I really want to make sure that I'm sharing with you 
what God laid on my heart this morning. I am so excited about this. Um, this is sort of the devotional part that I like to add. Um, let me grab my book that I dropped on the floor <laughs> with my notes in it. So um, what I want to share with you is something that I read in 1 Corinthians 1. I want to preface this by saying this. When we uh, were doing the schooling the way we were doing it, and, and um, you know, most people didn't ask real specifically what we were doing. And I'm just going to be honest and upfront. It really isn't any of their business. So if people are trying to nose in and get into your business and they don't really have a right there, I would really avoid that if I were you because you need to do, we need to parent and we need to homeschool our kids the way that the Lord is leading us. That is not going to look, um, that could look foolish to some people. Now, if I had explained how I homeschooled our kids to people who asked and I explained in depth and I did a couple of times because people asked and sometimes um, I would get some pretty funny looks. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to remember back, I think there were just a couple of people because I think discretion was telling me don't go into detail with just anybody about this. It's really not any of their concern. And so I tried to follow that. But I do know that if I had explained um, I think people would have thought that we were foolish. And yet this was the Lord's leading. This is what God was telling us to do. And even to this day, I have total peace about the way that we did it. It was different. It wasn't what a lot of people probably thought I was doing, but it didn't matter. I was walking in obedience to what God was telling us to do. My husband and I agreed on how we were going to approach it, how we were going to walk through it. We we worked through issues and things together, and we always seemed to go back to a very simple routine like the one I described. So here's my question to you. Are we willing to look foolish? Should someone find out that we're homeschooling a certain way, and even if they don't, and in our minds we feel like people would think we were foolish, are we willing to look foolish in order to walk in obedience to the Lord and his calling for our family? So I want to read to you from 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 20. I have a few sections from this chapter that I want to share with you because it's just so powerful. So probably like me, you all are homeschooling because you want to pass on the values and convictions that God has laid on your heart. You want your children to know the Lord. You want them to walk with him. You want him, them to know him and to be an effective tool for the kingdom of God. I'm pretty sure that that's what most of us are doing. That's, that's one of the biggest reasons we're homeschooling. All that to say, what is that? That's the gospel. We are homeschooling for the sake of the gospel. Now, I want you to listen to this scripture. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligent, intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Do you hear what that's saying? God's economy 
is different. God's version of wisdom and foolishness is very different than this world. So if we're using the world's view of education as our filter in homeschooling our kids, we are not going to be walking in obedience to what God has for our kids. So I want you to stop and think about that. It's, it may look foolish. It may feel foolish if you're thinking about it from the perspective of the world. But what is God saying? He's going to destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. That would be worldly intelligence, worldly wisdom. It's going to come to nothing. We need to homeschool based on God's wisdom. So let's read verses 22 to 25. Same chapter, 1 Corinthians 1. It is foolish, this, this gospel, it is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven, and it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Do you hear that? Do you hear the contrast between the world and God? That, that, the, that Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God? And this foolish plan that God has for our family that the world will look at and call foolish is wiser than the wisest of human plans. Don't you love that? Okay, now I want to read to you verses 26 to 31, same chapter. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring nothing to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. I can testify to this, this quote-unquote foolish way that, I, that we chose to homeschool and educate our children. God has honored, and, and he has made it good for our kids. Um, I love what this says here. Basically, as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. And that's one thing I remember thinking quite often as I was going through our simple, unhurried homeschool days was how <laughs> when I started to doubt myself, I would think, oh, my goodness. If my kids turn out OK, it will just be by the grace of God. And you know what? It was the grace of God. Just as this said, as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God, because it's God who does the work. Our job is to do what he calls us to do. So I just want to encourage you again to be listening for the Lord's voice, to think outside the box, to, to ask God to give you 
a plan that is a good fit for your family and be willing to to veer from you know god gives us uh you know we we make our plans and we pray over our plans but god directs our steps be willing to you know have a plan but be willing to veer from it if god is is clearly calling you to do that at some point in your homeschooling days so i hope this was an encouragement to you i was i was so amazed at this I, are we willing because this is the question are we willing to look foolish maybe part of looking foolish for the sake of the cross is raising and educating our kids in a way that seems different from the world let's pray heavenly father we just come before you we thank you that you are a good good god and you have a good plan for our family and you have strong purposes for our children for they were made for such a time as this. And God, we need to hear your voice in preparing them for the plan that you have for them, God, because we don't know what it is, but you do. You have it all planned out. You have, you know all. You know their hearts, you know their futures. God, we just ask that you would give us wisdom as you said you would do. You said if we lacked wisdom, that we just need to ask for it and you would give it to us, but we have to believe and not doubt. God, you're a good God. You don't want to hide things from us. You just want us to ask. And so we come to you asking for your wisdom and your clear direction and asking for courage, God, to do what you have called us to do with our kids. Even if it looks foolish to the world, even if in our heads we, we know it would look foolish to someone else, God, help us to be courageous and bold and trust you, God, enough to walk in obedience to that plan. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us so well. God, show us where you're working and help us to jump in and join in wherever you're working in our lives and in, in the lives of our kids and our husbands. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen.